Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Awesome. All right, so let's jump into what we're, we're going to talk about this week. Let me ask all of you, how many of you guys enjoy a big, fat, juicy steak? Come on. Oh, yeah. We got some excited. Yes, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Put your hands down. Now, now if you're a vegetarian, more power to you. That's fine. But I'm a guy who likes to be biblical, okay? And in the Bible, in the Bible, when the prodigal son returned, what did the father do? He killed the fattened calf, and they had steak, baby. That's all I'm talking about. So, there are those of us that like to be biblical, and uh, I'm one of them, and I enjoy a steak. Now, for years, um, you know, I grow, growing up, you kind of, when it comes to steak or certain kinds of foods, you kind of do what your family does, right? And uh, in, my, in my family, they, they would get well done, and some, sometimes medium well, that's how they get their steak. And, and that's why, <laughs> he's already over here, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm. And that's how my wife gets all of her steaks, well done. She wants that thing cooked. She don't want no pink in it, nothing. She wants it completely done because it's a visual thing for her. She just can't stand to eat the steak when it's pink or it's red in the middle. And so I grew up eating well-done steak, right? But at one point in time, I can't remember who it was or when it first happened, somebody said, you know you ought to get that steak medium. Medium, huh? How about I just do medium well? And so I took a step in the right direction. And let me tell you something. Medium well was, well, it was better. And then at another point in time, someone challenged you, you, sh- you should really do medium. And so I took another step towards it. And wow, me- water was nice here. It was good. Medium was really, really good. And then, I don't know, it kind of happened by mistake that I got a steak one day that was medium rare. And it was better. The knife slid through that piece of steak when I put it in my mouth. It melted with very little chewing. I've got goosebumps right now. You can't see it because it's underneath, but... Woo! Steak! Come on. Somebody's having steak today, aren't they? I love a good steak. Now, I've had rare once, and I've even had... I think it's... I'm going to mess up this name. Carpaccio beef? Is that right? That is completely raw. They, they sear it a little bit on the outside, and then it's, oh, it's so good. It's better. It's better. And so what we're doing, we're talking in this series about what is better, because, man, you will never sink your teeth into the better or best kind of steak if you continue to order it well done. You'll, you'll never do it. And so what we want to do is, is look at a few things that make life better. Now, how many of you here would like to have a better year than you had last year? Anybody want to have a better year? All right. Cool. Awesome. Now, how would you like it to be better? Do you want it to be better relationally? Do you want it to be better financially? Do you want it to be better educationally or physically? We all want these things, right? We all want to pursue what we consider to be the good life. 
This is all part of having the good life. We want comfort, we want convenience, we want enjoyment, we want material things, and there's nothing really wrong with any of those things as long as those things don't have you, as long as God has your heart. It's okay that you pursue those things, but that's what we would call the good life. But God has something for you that is way better than the good life. He has something for you that you could not even imagine. And so here's the key thought for the entire series as we look at over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at verses that have the word better in them and how they impact our lives. But here is the overarching thought. Uh, If you're taking notes, it is this, that we need to let go of the good to grab hold of the better. We need to let go of the good to grab hold of the better. We need to stop settling for the good and go for the better. And what is the better? It's what God has for us. It is his way of doing things. And so you're never, ever going to get that medium rare if you keep on ordering well done. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to know what that's like. So we're going to look at that, uh, these verses for the next four weeks. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of challenge you to do something that is a little better for you. I'm going to challenge you that, to memorize the verses that we are going through. And the way you're going to do that, the way we're going to do something different is by reaching into the seat back in front of you and pulling out that connection card. And when we cover the verses, I want you to write them down. This will help you memorize them. Some of you guys are like, no thanks, I'm just here for the coffee. Others of you, you're not even sure why you're here. You actually meant to go to the dance school just down the hall here, and you, you turned into the wrong building. <laughs> you're like, no thanks, I'm not going to play, and that's okay. But let me tell you, if, you, if you'll take part of this and memorize these verses and allow them to impact your life, you will have a life that is better. Now, if you'd also like to have a life that is instantly better, let me just give you a little plug for our grow groups. Our grow groups are continuing to go on. Most of them are activity-based right now. But if you want to have a better life because you are living your life with other Christ followers, people that will invest in you, pray for you, love you, and teach you how to follow Christ better then get plugged into one of our grow groups. You can pull up on our website or get on our app, click that grow group button. I know for a fact that there is a grow group happening this coming Sunday. It's paintball. It's 20 bucks for the paint, the gear, and four hours of paintball. We're talking like tactical paintball. It's not for me, but it's for you, and you can have lots of fun. (laughs) 20 bucks, it's it's an incredible deal. I don't like getting muddy. That's not for me. So these guys are like legit laying in the mud and climbing hills. It's like storming the the beaches of Normandy. You know what I'm saying? They're hardcore. I walked in with like a purple hoodie on. They're like, sir, you're going to get shot really easy. Oh, try on this camouflage jacket that was three sizes too small. This is how I was holding my gun because I couldn't move. Pew, pew. You want to instantly have a better life, jump into our grow groups. There are plenty of them there for you, all right? So, all right. Thank you all for being silly with me today. I appreciate it. Today, what we're going to look at is the idea that better is one day with God. Better is one day with God. It comes from Psalms 84, and we'll uh, we'll start off the verse. This is not the memory part. I'll give you the memory part in just a second. It says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Now, you need to understand, this courts of the Lord, when we're talking Old Testament times or, the, or the, the Jewish culture, the courts of the Lord were the closest that the Jewish people could get to the presence of God. See, in, in the tabernacle, where God's presence resided, there were three areas. There's this courts, then there was what they called the holy place, where only priests could go, and then there was a place called the holy of holies, which was separated from the holy place by a big veil. 
And only certain priests got to go in there. And in that place was the Ark of the Covenant where the Shekinah, which means the physical, tangible, the visible presence of God would rest. And so the people wanted to get as close to that as they could. And so they would come in, they would hang out in the courts of the temple. So David, or so, excuse me, so the psalmist is saying here that my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord, just to be close to you, God, just to be close to your presence. He says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And here's our memory verse. Pay attention. It's verse 10, Psalms 84, verse 10. It says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. So this is like the lowest servant. I would rather be answering the door in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. All right? So if you're taking notes, that's the verse you want to write down. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Let's do it all together. Let's read it all together. All right, can we start it all over? All right, don't read the God part. We'll start at 10. <laughs> Here we go. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Do it one more time. Start it over. I'm going to give our media guy a workout today. Let's one more time, all together, here we go. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Perfect, excellent. Let's commit to memorizing that. There's a reason why, because there is a life that is better for you. Now, better is one day with God than any other day without him. Now, many of you here today, Maybe you don't believe that. Maybe you're here today, because I don't know where you're at on your spiritual journey. Maybe you really don't believe that one day with God is better than all the other days that you've had. Because let's be honest, sin is fun, right? Doing things our own way and getting it done the way we want to get it done, that's a lot of fun, isn't it? How many, come on, sin is fun, isn't it? Look at all the religious people. Ain't nobody want to play. Nope. Nope. That's sin. That's vile. Mm -mm. Well, come on, sin is fun. So it's, it, we have a great time doing it, but sin is fun only for a season. It's only fun for a, sin, uh, for a season. Sin is kind of like a sneeze, right? Feels really good coming out, but then we got this big mess afterwards, right? You guys think sin is fun, but it's not. Oh, come on. Y'all ain't with me today. You just ain't with me yet. You'll get there. Some of you may disagree with me that better is one day with God. You think Christians are stupid. You think it's ridiculous that we would come to a building like this and that we would have rules that we honor and that we let God tell us how to live our lives. But my hope today is that by the power of the Holy Spirit and through the reading of God's word and sharing what it says, that I could convince you that better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. So, why is it better? Well, let me tell you why it's better. Because his word says that his ways are better than my ways. See, my ways, I know where my ways lead. They lead to sin. They lead to destruction. They lead to brokenness and all of my ways. But all of his ways lead to health. All of his ways lead to prosperity in every way. Physically, relationally, emotionally, spiritually, all the ways that I can honor him. His ways are better than my ways. They're, they're, they're better his love, Scripture says, is better than life. Why is his love better than life? Because his love, what I love about it, it's just unfailing. 
It doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter where I've been. It doesn't matter whose child I am. It doesn't matter how much money I have. It doesn't matter how many mistakes I have made. His love is unfailing. And not only is it unfailing, his love is unconditional. It's unconditional. There are no certain terms in which I could ever be separated from his love. Not today, not tomorrow, not any day ever. Better is one day with my God. His blessings are better than material possessions. Man, I get excited. I know what, it, what, it, what it's like to have peace from having things and stuff. Feels good. Feels secure to have money in the bank, doesn't it? Feels good to have two cars that you can drive and that are in good repair. Feels good to walk out the door and know you've got your cell phone with you, right? Does anybody ever leave home without their phone? What happens? Total lack of peace as you have a freak out moment. Ah! Feels good to have our possessions. And there's that peace in possessions, but I have peace in knowing that I am his possession, that I possess him and he, and, and he is mine. I have peace. Better is one day. I better is one day with him because I have forgiveness of my sins, all of my mistakes, all of the things that I've done in my past wiped completely free. I have hope in him. Hope for what? Hope for a better tomorrow. Hope that whatever the circumstances I find myself in, they will change. Hope that it will be better if not in this life, on the other side of heaven, when I get there, it will be better. I have hope. And because of that hope, I have joy. Uh, because of that, I have peace. I sleep well at night. I have power to live the life that he has given me. I have purpose. He has a plan and a purpose for my life. All of my mistakes, my mess that I've made, he's turned it into my message and redeemed me. He's given me a purpose and a plan and a power to walk out that plan. It is infinitely better with him. It's better. I have all that I need, all my provisions. Not all the stuff that I always want, you know, but I do have all that I need. He's a good father. Some might say, he's a good, good father. <laughs> it is better with God. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that it, with God, you're not ever going to have any problems. No, 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 no. You're going to have problems. You're going to have troubles. The storms of life still come. But it is better to be in the boat with Jesus in the middle of a storm than standing on the shore any day. It is better. It is better. You will have peace in the middle of that storm. So better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. So that raises a question. So Aaron, you're shouting a lot and you're really excited. Sorry. But if one day is better, how, how do we have a day with God? What does that look like? That's a great question. Are you not an existent person who asked the question? But I would tell you the answer to that question. If I were to ask most of you, your response would probably be, well, reading your Bible and praying. Starting your day that way. And you know what? I would have to agree with you. I think that's an incredible way to start your day because it sets the pace for your day and how it's going to go. You're honoring God with the first fruits of your day. You're saying, God, I'm going to commit this to you. I'm going to get my coffee first, though, because the Holy Spirit and coffee together really make the Bible come alive for me. You know what I mean? Don't mess with my process. <laughs> but I think the, the problem with starting that way is, is we kind of compartmentalize our God time with just that moment. We did our time with him, and then we go on about our day, and we kind of leave that in the dust. We don't spend any time meditating throughout the day on a verse. We didn't do anything to let it impact us. We just kind of said, all right, check, done. We compartmentalized it. God's right there, and then I got all day long to live my life. I'm going to go to work. I'm going I'm to take care of my kids. I'm going to do all this stuff. 
and we go about our day. But I, I think that you and I can live with an ongoing, unending awareness of God's presence. He doesn't have to just be that first few minutes of your day. He can have, you can have an ongoing, unending awareness of God's presence all day long. The whole day, you can be aware of God's presence in your life. That's where he'll lead you. He'll speak to you. He will convict you. If you get out of line, he'll lead you back in. In the Old Testament, when you look at the Hebrew language, you know that there is no word for spiritual. There's no word for spiritual. In fact, because God is spirit, he created everything. Everything is spiritual in nature. All of it is spirit. It's all that way. In fact, if you were to walk up to Jesus as one, as, as one of his disciples and ask him one of the kind of Christian, Christian things we ask each other, how's your spiritual life going? Jesus would have said, my what? You mean my life? How's my life going? Because it's all spiritual. We can't just label one area of our life spiritual. All of it is. Every single part of it is spiritual. It's dangerous to compartmentalize God. Now, one of the great news, one of the, the great news about being on this side of Jesus is that in the Old Testament, God was, was, was his spirit was there in the tabernacle. The people wanted to get close to him. They had to go to the courts, but that's not happened. Since Jesus came and died on the cross, on the day that he died, the veil that kept the Spirit of God in the Holy of Holies, was ripped when Jesus said, it is finished, hung his head, and took his final breath. What happened was the price, the penalty was paid for all of our sins, and the Spirit of God no longer needed to dwell in a tabernacle behind a veil. He was released to be upon this earth, and not only to dwell with us, but to dwell in us. Because of what Jesus paid. The Bible says that, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your heart is now where his presence rests. So you can do this life with an ongoing, unending awareness of his presence. You don't have to go somewhere to be with God. He has come to be with you. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And when we consider things like that, that you can have this ongoing, unending awareness. You can have a day with God. And if you can have one day, you can have a week. Next thing you know, you're having a month. Next thing you know, you're having a year. And then you're having a decade. And then you have a lifetime of having this unending, ongoing awareness of God. And when you have that, what the Apostle Paul says makes sense. In Colossians 3, he says, And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, so whatever you say or whatever you're doing... Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means everything you do is spiritual. Everything can be done as you're doing it unto God because it's all spiritual. It can all be done with an unending awareness of the presence of God. Better is one day with God. So how do we practically do that? How do we have this ongoing awareness? Because if you're like me, you get excited about a day with God because it means I'm going on an adventure. If you've never adventured with Jesus, let me tell you something, you're in for some fun because there are the best stories come out of a day with God. It just, it ju it just is true. And, but the problem is, I think we all get very excited about it, and y'all are, are very excited. Might, might not be as excited as I am about one day, but you will be here in a second. But <laughs> we get excited about a day with God, and then life happens, right? Turn on the TV. We have a saying at my house, screen's on, brain's gone, right? We just kind of forget we go to work, we get involved with our kids, and we just kind of forget about what a day with God looks like. And so I think there are three disciplines that we can kind of put into our life that become the makeup of who we are. And when we learn to do these things, we can have a day with God no matter what's going on 
in our world. So here's the very first thing. I believe that we need to develop a habit of constant communication with God. Constant communication with God. First Thessalonians 5, it says, Be joyful always and pray continually. Now, other translations of this say, pray without ceasing. And when you hear something like that, if you're anything like me, you feel instantly defeated. Oh, I can't even do that. How do you pray without ceasing? Like, do you learn to pray to God while you're talking? Do you learn to pray while you're sleeping? Dear Lord, do you learn to pray while you're eating? Some of us do that anyway. Thank God for this steak. It is so good. To, oh, 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 oh. How do you pray without ceasing? It doesn't really make any sense because I, I read that and I'm like, God, I've got a lot to learn. If I need to pray all day long, I don't even know what I'm going to say after five minutes in prayer sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody else there with me? Come on. You, you can be honest. I get to pray in five minutes and sometimes I start thinking instantly about what I need to do with that day, right? Like, oh, i got to do the laundry. i got to go here. I start checking off a list in my head. No, not you guys. You guys are holy. That's cool. I think we have a misunderstanding of this verse, though, right? This pray without ceasing doesn't mean don't stop praying. What it means is be in constant communication with God. Let me, let me put it this way. How many of you guys have a mobile phone? Come on, let me see. You got a mobile phone? Perfect. This thing goes everywhere with you, right? And because of this, because of the phones, you are in constant communication with everybody. The internet is in communication with you. You are talking to people in short bursts of like 140 characters or less, either across your Facebook, across your Twitter, through text messages. You are talking to people on a regular basis. Now, how many of you guys take this phone and you carry it everywhere with you? So you have that opportunity all the time. Have you guys carried it into the bathroom with you? There is help for that. It's called counseling. I take mine in the bathroom too, so it's okay. You're in good company. But we can be in constant communication with God by these short bursts of communication. Like right now, I have a, well, I have a text message from my wife. <laughs> She sent it just a few minutes ago. It says, so proud of you, love you. And I I can't read the rest of this. Embarrassing me. Oh, nice. here all right and service is over amen let's go (laughs) our communications with God don't have to be a one-hour intercessory prayer although it can include that our communication with God doesn't have to be the prayer that you pray at the end of the night thanking him for your day though it can include that doesn't have to be all the times that we pray over our food though it can include all of that. What it should be is these short bursts of communication throughout the day. You're driving to work. You're driving to work and, and you see a sunrise and you're like, God, that is just a beautiful sunrise. Thank you. Man, you're really painting good today in the sky. Well, you look at your life and you look at what you have and you see somebody who doesn't have and you just, man, 
Lord, I thank you so much that, that, that I don't have that struggle, that it's not in my life, and I pray for them, Lord, that you would help them with their struggle. Or your kid has a test that day. Lord, bring to his remembrance all the things that he studied today. Give him wisdom. Give him, give him peace as he takes the test. Or maybe you're struggling with your boss, and like, Lord, I'm, I, just, I just pray for the grace to deal with them today. I don't even know how to do it. Lord, would you give me something that I could say that would make a difference in their life, even though they're being so hateful towards me? Come on, somebody. You can do this all throughout your day about anything and everything that is going on in your life. And when you do this, suddenly you are having constant communication with him. You are praying without ceasing. It's this ongoing, unending awareness that he is there with you right where you're at. He is ready to listen to you, to speak to your heart. He is there with you. Constant, ongoing communication with God. Talking to him about anything and everything. And when you do this, you start having a day with God. It's an all-day conversation. The second thing you need to do is learn to have instant obedience to God. Galatians 5 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, let's, let's follow what he's doing. He's leading us somewhere. Let's stick with him. Let's stick with him. And when we do, we discover what is better. Because if we're constantly communicating with God, constantly reading his word, with, which, by the way, if you don't read your Bible on a regular basis, could I challenge you to begin doing that? Could I challenge you to, to begin spending maybe five minutes? I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe you don't know where to begin reading. Look, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are great places to start reading in your Bible. Please don't start, if you've never read the Bible, please don't start in Genesis and try to read all the way through. Let's start with Jesus, because that's why we're here, amen? You can start right there. And when you're done, ask me. There, in our Simple Church app, there is a, a place for you that has a reading plan. Tells you what to read. I read a little bit in the Old Testament and the New Testament every day. And it tells me exactly what I need to read. There's no guesswork. You can use that app. It's an incredible tool. But begin to read because when you're talking to God, when you're reading to his word, what you'll find is that he'll begin to speak to your heart. And you'll begin to recognize his voice because you know it. He'll bring up scriptures in your heart to encourage people or to, to speak to a situation in your life that will change everything for you. But you have to know his voice. You have to know his voice, and when you hear his voice, you need to respond to it, because the Holy Spirit, will he'll prompt you to do something sometimes. Hey, go talk to this person. Hey, pray for that person. Hey, go say this to that person, and you'll hear that, and it's like, huh? For, for reals? He'll have you do crazy stuff. Say things to people. I rely on the Holy Spirit constantly. In counseling sessions, when I'm sitting with people, sometimes I get real quiet because I am so overwhelmed by what I'm hearing. I have no idea what to do with the information that is given to me. And I will shoot a, a burst of communication off to God. God, what do they need to hear right now? I have no idea how to help them. And he'll give me wisdom and give me something to say. And I'll, I'll share it. Sometimes he just doesn't say anything. And I know that's when I just need to sit there and be quiet. Well, he ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. All I'm going to do is mess it up. And my wife said amen to that. You know what I mean? There was, this, there was this young lady that was in our grow group once. And we were doing a study through a book. And at the end of that, we take a prayer request. And she, she tossed out a prayer request for finance. And she said, man, I'm really struggling. I'm not going to have the money that I need to, to pay the bills this month. And she had offered that same prayer request for three weeks, three, three maybe four weeks in a row. And either I didn't hear him or he wasn't saying nothing about it. But about the third or fourth week of her saying, praying for this prayer request, God prompted my heart to do something about it. So I let the prayer request finish and I scuttled off to my room and I got my checkbook and 
I said, Lord, how much will you have me give her? And this number just came up in my head. And I went, all right. Wrote out the check for it. And I went and got my wife. And I said, babe, I, I said, Lord spoke to me about giving this, this young lady some money. I said, I'm going to show you this check. And if it jives with your heart, if the Holy Spirit says it's good to you and good to me, that's what we do. We just trust God for our finances. He'll take care of us. Come on. So I showed her the check, and she said, yep, absolutely. She took it from me, folded it up, put it in her purse, and said, hey, there's something in your purse. Uh, talk to me about it later. I got a communication from that young lady. She sent me a message. She said, Aaron, you're never going to believe me. Believe this. And I said, try me. She said, my uncle won the lottery. And he decided, no, don't get too excited. It wasn't the big lottery. It was just he won the lottery and got himself a few thousand dollars, and he decided that it wasn't good to keep it all to himself. So he decided to write a check to all the nieces and the nephews and the family members that were in the area, and he sent me a check. I'm like, that's awesome. So what else is there? She said, well, that number, that amount that he gave me, plus the amount that you gave me together was the exact dollar amount that I needed to meet my monthly bills. Now, you say, Aaron, none of that's ever happened to me before. It can be. It, it, you can adventure with Jesus. I've got some killer stories to tell you that the Holy Spirit's just moved me to do something. You can have those stories, and I know there's plenty of those stories out here. Derek shared one with me this week. I won't steal his thunder, but it's incredible. Yeah, I'm going to. Derek, can I tell it? He gave me thumbs up. He's in the drive-thru line. God prompts him to pay for the person behind him. He does. Well, his order gets delayed, so they have him pull over, which is never, that's never what you want when you pay for something. You want to pay for somebody and run, you know what I'm saying? And he paid for this woman, and they said, uh, sir, you're going to have to pull over, and uh, we'll bring your food out. So he's over in station number one or two. I don't know. I don't even know where you were, but he's waiting. Culver's, right? Yeah, it's Culver's. He's waiting <coughs> on his concrete mixer with peanut butter and peanut butter, right? No, that's mine. All right, so anyway, so he's waiting, and the woman behind him is, sees that he's pulled over, and she pulls up next to him, jumps out of her car, and says, you don't know what that meant to me. You don't know what that meant to me, she said, because my kids and I ordered a meal that we are splitting because I don't have money for the rest of the month. And Derek said, here, he gave her more money, said, go in and buy all your kids' food and took care of it. Now, come on. That just happened yesterday. Yesterday. You can live an adventurous life with Christ. It's ongoing communication. Man, some of y'all are just getting, <laughs> I'm telling you. Instant obedience. That's what happens. You can hear from God. Talking to him. Instant obedience. Just whatever he tells you, just do it. Just do it. The last thing you need is a daily desperation. A daily desperation for God. We, we need to be desperate for him in our lives. Psalmist earlier said, my soul yearns, even faints. My heart and flesh cry out. How many of us could say that we've ever felt that way? regarding the presence of God or, 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 or to, to be in his presence. Can we ever say that my flesh cries out? The reason it doesn't, the reason we don't desperately need God is because we don't have a taste for him. See, here's what's true. You develop an appetite for what you consume. So are you consuming the things of this life, the good life, or the better things that God has for you? What are you consuming on a regular basis? In Psalms 34, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's not only good, he's better. 
He's better than anything you have ever had in your life. And when you taste of him, you become desperate for him. You develop a taste for him. Let me ask you something. You ever had a hankering for something? Like you just had to have it. And you get that hankering for something you need to eat because you're just craving it. It's likely you had it like a week ago, you know. This is the reason Taco Bell is open to like 4 a.m. Because they, <laughs> just, just receive it over there. Just take it. <laughs> Somebody getting blessed over Taco Bell. you get a hankering and what happens man that thing begins to drive your behaviors doesn't it it possesses your thoughts you will schedule yourself you will make sure stuff gets done your tasks will be done you will align your day so that you can satisfy that desire that hankering some of you pregnant women know what i'm talking about you get a desire for a peanut butter and pickle and you got to have it nobody else serves peanut butter and pickle your husband is up in the middle of the night at 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning going to the store to get you peanut butter and pickle. And then when he comes back with the wrong pickle because you wanted the butter pickle, not the regular pickle, he's back to the store again. Because you got a desire for something. That's what happens. We develop an appetite for God. Psalm 63 says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. He's tasted. He says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Constant communication. Instantly obeying and feeding yourself on him, you will discover what is better because better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. And once you've had a day with God, you'll never want to do a day without him again. I promise you, you will go on adventures like the ones Derek experienced yesterday. You will begin, be blessed, Derek said, really emotional right now, man. Can't even believe this just happened. Overwhelming experiences. The presence of God floods your life. It does not need to be those moments in the morning. It can be all day long. You can have an ongoing, unending awareness of his presence in your life. And discover that better is one day with God. Mm. Let's pray. If you're a Christ follower and you're here today, is your life characterized this way? The way that I've just described? Do you live with an unending awareness of his presence? And if you're like most Christians, you, the answer is probably no. You don't communicate all day long. You don't instantly obey. You put that stuff off. And you don't have a hunger past that moment where you first got saved. The cares of this world have overwhelmed you and made you feel like you needed those things. You find yourself feeding on the good life instead of on him. I'm here to tell you that God desires something way better for you. This unending awareness of his presence. A day with him. And not just a day, but I believe that he wants a lifetime with you. And ultimately, eternity. If you want what is better, are you willing to let go of the good to obtain it? If that's you, I want to pray for you. Would you, you just shoot your hand up and say, Aaron, I want what's better. I want what's better. Yeah, come on. I, I want what's better. Father, I, I, just, I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to do life with you. Lord, that you would help us to become aware of your presence all day long. Lord, as we develop these habits, Lord, of of, of constant communication, of, of instantly obeying you, Lord, of, of, of having this time with you, God. Lord, I pray that we would, 
we would ultimately hunger and thirst for more of you. God, do this work in us. Restore to us the joy of our salvation. That first time that we experienced your love fully, Lord, and we were hungry for it. We just wanted more, Lord. Give us that hunger and that passion again. As we continue praying today, I want to speak to those that maybe you're not a Christ follower. You know, maybe, maybe you don't know that, that the Bible says we live and move and have our being in him. In other words, there's nowhere that you and I can go that we can escape his presence. But you don't get to engage in the presence of God in your life in the way that I've described until, until you accept his son Jesus. Why? Well, because you and I are sinners. We were born with this nature, and the sins that we commit are offensive to a holy and pure God, and it, that sin separates us in relationship. But Jesus came to this earth. He paid a price with his perfect and sinless life. He laid down his life willingly for you in an act of love that would send ripples through eternity. He laid down his life for you and died on that cross, a perfect, sinless life. He paid a price that we could not pay. He gave us a gift we could not get on our, on our own. He gave us forgiveness. More than that, he gave us life, eternal life, and an abundant life here on this earth. And if you want to engage in that life, you need to receive Jesus. You need to place your faith, your hope in him. You need to let him be Lord of your life. When he says go, you go. What he puts his finger on in your life, you surrender. It's free, but it will cost you everything. But it is infinitely better than the way you have been doing life. If you want to take part in that, I'm going to pray a prayer. If you want to be included on that prayer, I'll include you. I'll give you the words to pray, but if that's you and you're here in this room, would you just shoot your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me. Count me in on that prayer. Just do it now. Just do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're watching by Periscope this morning or you're listening through the podcast, man, we welcome you to join us in this prayer, and I believe that God will meet you right where you're at, no matter where you are. <laughs> join me in this prayer. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you came and that you died, and that you rose again three days so that I could be saved so that I could be forgiven so that I could be made right Jesus I'm asking you to be Lord of my life that means I give you control show me how to live for you and I'll spend every day doing just that make me brand new Jesus fill me with your spirit I need you amen